When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. It's Sunday, November 22nd, and we're officially on our bye week. I would say bad news, but maybe this season is good news that there is no Chicago Bears football today. And even though there isn't a game, we wanted to take some time to answer your questions in a mailbag episode because it's been, well, quite a while since we've actually done one of those. I'm your host, Will DeWitt. Join with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, did you do anything exciting during our week of actually game prep you know I found myself with a few extra hours of course and unfortunately for me my day job kind of sucked those out uh, from my bandwidth so I didn't get to do anything extra this week but how about you anything new not really well I just kind of wrapped up grad school this week so I kind of wanted to take it easy take the bye week and take it for what it is much needed uh, get away from Bears football so I took that and you know just ran with it but I did because of the questions I won't give anything away do some research for next season so I did get a little jump start on that that's exciting I suppose it's sad that it's you know towards the end of November and we're already looking ahead to next season I think that kind of tells where at least your mindset is entering this final stretch that the Bears have in front of them starting next week with Green Bay but we'll get to all of that here in due time do you have Spidey is he there is he holding your phone he is right now. I I would I could try to get this because I just had the stream up here, but this is uh this oh well actually I gotta go to the side here. There we go. He held it really well, Will. So thank nice. you so much for the early birthday gift. It's it's awesome. That's pretty neat. I, I like it. I, I saw that and I was like immediately. So I was like I have to get that for Nick and. It took me down a rabbit hole of all these other Christmas gifts for the family that I think I have to get as well. So uh, watch out. There may be more coming your way, Nick. But let's go ahead and jump into the questions that came our way this week. And there were a handful about Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, and I think those are the big, hot, 
Well, hot seats, hot ticket items uh, right now for us. So let's go ahead and just start there. We got one from Joe B. And Nick, his question was, are Pace and Nagy gone unless the team rallies to make the playoffs or is even a 8-8 eight eight season with the Bears trending in the wrong direction uh, with a putrid offense enough to save them? Of course, this is the same Bears team or at least leadership uh, from the top side that did let Levy Smith go after a 10-6 season. So I don't think a record really at the end of the day means all too much. It really is just the general feeling around Hallis Hall how the direction of the team's going and if a change is warranted. But I'm curious your thoughts here. Uh, what can save or are they, in your eyes, safe? Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say they're safe by, by any any means just because of how where the season started being 5-1 five and one, and now at 5-5 five and five at this point on their bye week. But let's say, well, they do end up with these eight wins, meaning that they only get three more for the remaining six weeks here in this NFL season. And let's say it is against their division rivals in Green Bay, the Vikings, and the Lions. So, again, continuing Matt Nagy's, I guess, history here as the Chicago Bears head coach of having a pretty good record against a division, and you still end up at 8-8, eight and eight, maybe. Maybe that saves them, but it's the same old story. This is the exact same record that the, the team ended with last year, and we saw how bad that season was. If the offense is still as bad as it is, and you somehow end up at 8-8, eight and eight, you got to think at some point what's going to be the difference for 2021 are this offense going to continue we're still going to waste away a good defense i would definitely say their job isn't safe but if they get to eight and eight they get those division wins that could do it just to see like could look matt Nagy's competitive where he needs to be in the nfc north not so much against the packers but more so against the vikings and the lions that might do it but what's what's your thoughts on this question man if you would have told me two months ago Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. We'd be having to discuss this the bye week. I would have probably believed you, but I would have been deeply disappointed in what would have transpired as we've witnessed. Uh, for me, Nick, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you look at the defenses that we're going up against. Uh, I have actually some stats about them for another question that we have, and I'll save that for uh, that answer, but they're not good uh, to say the least. So even if the offense looks a little bit better, you have to take it uh, with a grain of salt, understanding your opponent, and understanding too. Sometimes it could be too little too late. And we've heard the same mantra over and over again, right? I'm self, we're looking into this. We're doing self-scouting. We're going to fix this thing. We've been hearing that for over a, a year. And unfortunately, uh, after a while, you, you can't believe it. And I'm at the point where I don't believe it personally right now. Um, on top of that, even if they somehow squeak into the playoffs, which I think is going to be very tough just looking at the playoff picture right now and some of the teams that are sitting in those three wild card spots. Even if they make it, I don't expect anything to happen uh, after that wild card week. And if they do sit on the outside of it or if they just totally implode, I think some sort of change is warranted, whether it be Ryan Pace for his inability to help build an offense in terms of like an offensive line, or is it more on Matt Nagy to not getting the most out of these players? And 
that's where we and I think the leadership inside House Hall needs to really figure it out. Is this a management issue of bringing in the right personnel for that side of the ball? Ryan Pace has had his chances at quarterback, and we know those have not worked out all too well. Or is it coaching where you're not getting what you need out of the players that you have in, that you believe there is a lot of potential there? Or is it a combination of the two? And if that's the case, then we're in an even more damning situation at the end of the day. So I don't know. I feel like their seat's pretty warm. Uh, unfortunately, we do live in a, very, in a world where you have to make decisions quick, and if you don't get results right away, uh, you could end up being, uh, you know, ousted and next man up, next guy in. And how quickly things turn from coach of the year to who knows. Yeah, no, that's a very good point there. Well, I've been asking myself this question for the entire week and even some coworkers through Zoom, of course, just like, does Matt Nagy make this Bears team better? Like, it's a simple question. But now with everything that we know about Matt Nagy, the inability to change this offense, if – and are these two guys, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, married? If you get rid of one, you have to get rid of the other. That could be the case also as you're considering what it's going to take to get these guys fired, if they'll stay, if it is a 8-8, you know, eight and 500 eight, season again for the second straight year, not making the playoff. Like, a lot of variables, and we're just kind of giving our takes on them. But it's going to be a very interesting conversation come after Week 17. If the Bears don't make the playoffs again, what are the Bears going to do to change their ways? Well, Nick, what do you think? Is it coaching? Is it personnel that we didn't get the right guys in here? Or is it both? I think it's both. Yeah, I absolutely do think it's both. Because even, like, let's even go to last season in 2019 where I think Matt Nagy was calling games better, but his quarterback wasn't hitting the throws in Mitch Trubisky. This year, now it's, it's definitely both. But the system doesn't look like it's working as well as it should be. There's nobody to block for whatever quarterback you want in there. But also... It falls on the players not executing. So we're seeing really everything fall apart this season in terms of execution, coaching. But if that's the case, like it's not you're gonna have to let's say you fire Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy. It's more than that to get this team on track. So that's what's the the scary part about this whole thing and a possible rebuild after this season, which is obviously not what Bears fans wanted to see come this 2020 season. Yeah, no, not not what, uh, not whatsoever. Uh, unfortunately, uh, next question does come from Emilio, uh, and the question is: If the season ended now, should Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace be in charge of picking the next quarterback and uh, leading the rebuilding process? Obviously, this kind of leads into our conversation that we've already started. Uh, where's your trust level? Would you trust Ryan Pace for? Would that be well, Mike Glennon? I don't know if you count him. Trubisky, Foles uh, depends on who, if that was more Nagy or Pace, but. Would you trust him? I'm really hesitant to allow him to have that opportunity. But again, can you really miss four or five times? You can, unfortunately. But uh, where's your comfort or, I guess, trust level with uh, either of these two? And uh, if or should they have an opportunity to figure out that quarterback situation? I don't think the trust should be there, and it shouldn't be from Bears fans to to give that to Ryan Pace because he hasn't shown it. He hasn't shown it in any of the picks, any of the quarterbacks that have been here, and really in Bears history. Like There's a level of uncertainty when picking that position, so if even if Ryan Pace were to get another opportunity, and let's say they finish with five wins, does that put you in the top ten in terms of picks? Who knows? Um, when you have the NFC East, anything is possible in terms of like picking, but I think that you can't give him the benefit of the doubt with what has happened what is still going on 
and with these quarterbacks that are going to be available this this next um, season in, in the NFL draft, there's no guarantee that Ryan Pace is going to pick the right one. It's not it's not an easy decision for any team, right? This is not like oh we're just going to pick this guy, plug and play. We have our franchise quarterback, everything solved. It's not that easy, of course. We as Bears fans know that, but I don't have any level of confidence. I feel like there's a specific mold that Ryan Pace kind of wants, and he's looking at Drew Brees and what he had in New Orleans, seeing that kind of guy, and he thought that maybe he could have had that in Trubisky. How off that has come to fruition, you know, with with how Trubisky has played, we, we see that on the field every single time he steps out there, but there is no confidence in me in him so what about you will do you have confidence that ryan pace matt Nagy, can find the right guy no uh naggy if he had a choice and that was nick Foles' offseason uh, as we know probably better options were out there as we've seen unfold throughout this nfl season uh, and on top of that he doesn't have the experience to really pick a guy uh, so i want to even allow him to have that opportunity and when it comes to ryan pace this year if it's say the draft and depending on how the draft order shakes out you're not gonna have your pick. You're going to have to have the alternate options based off of who the teams in front of you picked. And we all know quarterbacks go real early, real quick now in today's NFL. They go in the top three, top five. And then afterwards, we all know how quickly the talent level can drop off. And unfortunately, Nick, it's only three years ago, three and a half years ago now, that the Bears had an opportunity to pick anyone. They had their choice of any quarterback in the draft and they chose wrong. And on top of the wrong decision, it goes back to the process that they had to that led up to it, which, you know, keeping it all secret, not really bringing in Mitch for any visits, when not really giving other guys opportunities and really just, I think, being hard-headed uh, based off of what you saw on tape and just going with it. And they didn't really learn more about Mitch the player. You bring Mitch in, you ask him a few questions, I bet you would have saw that he has a hard time diagnosing coverages and how to beat them and some going through his progression and things like that. And, yeah, so between all of those things and thinking Mike Glennon was an okay option and, uh, unt- yeah, just so many things, Nick. There's just so many things that make me say – and all I put in my notes was no. <laughs> it makes sense, Will, because, like, again, it, the history is there, and it's a history that doesn't warrant a confidence in Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, whoever it is, um, this Bears organization. So uh, even if they were to clean house and get somebody else there, it, we wouldn't even know. No, not, not whatsoever. Seth on Facebook had a very similar question about – Brian Pace and if she if he should get the shot at QB and if he does get the shot I guess this question could be if he does or doesn't because it can be any other GM who are some likely targets for quarterback do you have any uh, on your end Uh, for me it is a little early I have some guys that intrigue me but you said you were doing some homework so maybe this is where it kind of comes into play yeah absolutely and again this is early stages and uh, I don't have the full scouting report, I guess, on some of these guys. But you look at a guy like Kyle Trask from Florida, 6'5", 240 senior, and he will be at the Senior Bowl. So if we do get an opportunity to go there, Will, it would be nice to get to ask him a couple questions or however that looks. But he's a guy that I really – his best ability, Will, is to be able to throw to space and not have to see somebody open to deliver the football to to the right spot. And I love that about Kyle Trask. And really his his, his pocket presence delivers a nice ball. And his, his accuracy on the deep ball on the sidelines, whether it's to a running back, doing a wheel route or receiver tight end, whatever it may be, 
that's definitely a strength of his, and he's always putting in a spot where his playmaker can make a play because we talk about this Bears offense does have some guys, some playmakers. They just need to have a quarterback that can actually give them the ball. So Kyle Trask right now from Florida is a guy that I like, and I think the big one that a lot of Bears fans are are talking about and you know keeping their eye on is Zach Wilson from BYU. The guy, if you the throw yesterday. And mm-hmm. against, uh, it's a, what, North Alabama team. Again, the team's not, I don't think it's important. So the throw, it's effortless. It's a deep 53, 58-yard bomb in the air and just falls right into the receiver's hands. And you can envision a guy who likes to wear headbands and, you know, like, obviously the Bears. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. We're very familiar with with guys like that at the quarterback position, or Jim McMahon specifically, and it just seems like that would be such a ideal and perfect fit for the Bears right there. But those are two guys that I've been looking at. There are obviously other names, but we are still very early in the process with evaluating who could be that next quarterback. And I know I didn't hear names like Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance, Justin Fields. That's just because by the time the Bears draft, they're probably not going to be in play unless things change drastically, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I was watching Justin Fields yesterday against your alma mater there, Will, in Indiana. They put up a tough fight uh, the entire way. They didn't even have that great of a game. But, yeah, a guy like Justin Fields, Lawrence, and Trey Lance maybe. It depends where the Bears, how bad they really are. But, yeah, those are guys that I kind of just expect will probably be off the board by the time the Bears are picking. Uh, someone that's been intriguing me a little bit, uh, a little bit lower on the tier, but starting to generate some buzz and against real early in the process, is like a Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. Uh, 16 touchdowns, only two interceptions this year. Uh, he had that big win over Florida, and he's having his best year, despite what I'm seeing is a lot of his key guys that entered the season kind of going down, and he's been able to elevate the play of his offense, and I think that stems onto a lot of his experience, 42 career games to date. He's played every single season, uh, which is awesome compared to Trubisky. Uh, As we know, that small sample size did not translate over to the NFL, and he's the only Aggie to ever surpass 10,000 yards of total offense. Again, super early, but for me, that's a name to keep uh, our eyes on. And on top of that, I know Frank C. on YouTube did ask about Zach Wilson, is he someone that you think could be on in our in our realm, on our radar? I know if he keeps playing like he is, it's going to be real hard for him to maybe get out of the top 10. Yeah, absolutely. And I know the Bears were actually at the – I forget which game it was where um, BYU was playing, but the Bears were there. And it doesn't mean that they were necessarily scouting Zach Wilson, but they were just at that game. And I, I know the Bears probably are you know interested in looking at every quarterback prospect they, they can. So – the Bears are interested. Now it just all depends on what team's going to fall in love with a guy that could throw effortlessly bombs down the field, move up, or do whatever they have to go get him. And maybe Ryan Pace is that guy if he's the you know still the GM in 2021. We've obviously seen him move up one spot to get Trubisky. If he really likes a guy, he doesn't really care what draft capital he has to give up. Zach Wilson could be that guy. Looking in, like again, we're looking at options. 
Is there anyone in the NFL currently that you could see as an option? Like when you look at potential free agents, it's it's not pretty. You have Dak Prescott, but of course he's coming off his injury. Who knows if he's actually going to exit Dallas. And then after that, it gets real ugly real quick. You have Rivers, Brissett, Fitzpatrick, uh, Tyrod Taylor, A.J. McCarron, Andy Dalton, Colt McCoy, Nathan Peterman, Matt Barkley, Nate Sudfeld. Cam, uh, Cam Newton again, uh, but Mike Glennon, I saw him on the list. Um, but, yeah, Nick, it, it doesn't look like there's real NFL options unless the team either trades or let go of someone. And the only one I've heard of, and I don't even think I like it, is like a Sam Darnold by chance. And I'm like, eh, even then, I don't think I would go that route. Yeah, Sam Darnold's the guy that was I was looking at for guys that potentially would be intriguing just because he's so young still, what, 23 and a half years old? Um, and what what would you possibly need to do to, to trade to get him? Because let's say the Jets Robert do Quinn? get that number one overall pick. They could take Robert <laughs> Quinn. Yeah, that, I, I'd do that in a heartbeat right now just because of how Robert Quinn's playing. But, look, the Jets are most likely going to be the number one, get that number one overall pick, draft Trevor Lawrence. Then what are you doing with Sam Darnold? Just a comparison. Patrick Finley wrote an article about quarterbacks of next year, and he kind of compared it to – um, Josh Rosen's situation, what they had to trade a second and a fourth. Are you willing to do that for a guy like Sam Darnold, who still, I think, has potential, but we just haven't seen that play out in the 32nd, dead last ranked offense. One worse than the Bears, you guys. So it's not giving him a fair assessment of what he can actually do, I think, but that is an option. A name that the Bears are probably considering weighing all their, their possibilities for the quarterback position for 2021. Uh, one more question. I saw it in the chat. It was more of a statement, but I'm going to turn it into a question. If you're sitting there in the middle of the first round and, you know, the top three, four, five quarterbacks actually get drafted before you're on the clock, do you just go ahead and take the next guy if you like him? Do you see if he slips a little bit later or do you go with like an offensive line? Because that is a huge pressing need as well. Again, this is going to probably change a few times between now, the end of the season, the end of the season, and the draft. But uh, as it stands today, Nick, what would you do if you're in the Bears' shoes and uh, three, four of the quarterbacks already off the board? Do you just take the next guy, or would you try to exploit or bolster the offense elsewhere? It's a good question, Will, and I think it's all going to depend on who's actually still on this roster at quarterback for the Bears. Like, if Nick Foles is back... Um, which, you know, could be an option. It could. I'm not saying that it isn't. But And then you have a younger guy. Like, let's say it's even – and look, Mac Jones from Alabama, let's say he's gone. Or maybe he's still on the board. He's still a guy that has only started 10 games since Tua Tungavailoa dislocated his hip a year ago. You don't want to throw him out there starting. And if you really like him and he falls to your lap at that position, he's a lot of potential, I think then yeah, I would go ahead and do that. But I think, it's like you said, this is going to change so much, Will, as we get further and further along into the off season and into 2021 that, you know, you asked me this question a month, even maybe two weeks from now, I'm going to give you a different answer possibly. So it all depends, but look, offensive line's a huge, huge need at three, three positions. You can go right guard, left tackle, right tackle. And if you like one of the top prospects at that position is there, and maybe it's a quarterback in the second round that you can develop, which Ryan Pace hasn't done. Um, maybe that's an option. So a lot of things to consider. But, like, if it's a Mac Jones from Alabama that falls there, I'd take him. All right. He was on my list as well to discuss. So I'm glad that you, you mentioned him because he kind of went over my head here at the last moment. But, again, a very uh, intriguing prospect as well that could be in play for 
the Bears. So up next, it looks like we have some questions coming up that are about some moves that we would like the Bears to make, uh, some QB options, uh, as we already discussed those, so we're already clear on them. But before we actually get to these remaining questions, I do need to call a quick timeout because, well, it's Miller time. Here at the Chicago Audible, our goal through the years has been to bring Bears fans together all across the globe, and that's more important now than ever. Whether you're toasting to friends near or far, great taste is always close by with the original light beer, Miller Light, who has always been there to bring people together through Miller time. And of course, right now, enjoying a Miller Light with friends and family looks a little bit different for everyone, but staying connected is just as important as ever. Some people are stuck in the house with their roommates and partners. Others are back home with their family. Some just keep their interaction strictly digital. Others, they've embraced hangouts outdoors at a safe distance, but as we know, the weather is starting to change as we reach Thanksgiving here this week. So again, uh, wherever you're celebrating Miller time, however it looks, it doesn't matter because it's still Miller time and you're still with the, the great friends and your family. So here's to the Bears and here's to the original light beer because it's Miller time. No matter where you're watching the game, it's always Miller time in Chicago. Pick up Miller Light for your game day needs. Celebrate respons- responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Alrighty, you're listening to the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt. Joined with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. We are dedicating a full episode to answering your Chicago Bears questions. And it's time to jump into our next one, which comes from Zach Wilson, and he wants to know, Nick, if we were the general manager, which would be an awesome job, we would love it. A lot of stress, though, a lot lot of pressure there. What's the first move that you would make and why? And mine, Nick, real simple. I would try to get some blackmail on any other GM so you can trade Robert Quinn. There you go, Will. That's a, a good way to start. I wonder if this is Zach Wilson from BYU asking you know, to see, hey, you're going to trade up to get me to, you know, no, just kidding. But one of the first moves, and there's so many that can be made if, like, I was a GM. But when I assess this team well and see what's what I currently have, what I have is a superstar wide receiver that needs a new contract. And I think one of my first moves would be to find a way to keep Allen Robinson in Chicago. Obviously, he's in the final season of his three-year deal, only 27 years old. And despite being in the 31st ranked offense in many statistical categories he still has 63 receptions 755 yards and three touchdowns this season so it's a guy that's producing for an offense that really for lack of better words is awful um but here's an interesting stat will that i just don't quite get given that the player that Allen robinson is and what this offense is needing more points being scored and this is from Adam Hogue's 10 Bears Things. If you haven't read that already, go check that out. Great article that Adam Hogue always puts out. But here's the stat. According to Pro Football Reference, Robinson has just seven targets in the red zone this season and only one touchdown. He's received just 14% of the Bears' available red zone targets. And inside the 10-yard line, Robinson has only been targeted twice. 8.7% of the available targets with zero touchdowns. And again, there was a couple stats there, but given the player that Allen Robinson is, the inability for this Bears offense to score, and look, granted, the Bears don't even get in the red zone too often, so when they do, why isn't Allen Robinson more of a focal point? We know that Jimmy Graham's been scoring his touchdowns in the red zone, which is great. You need to score touchdowns however way you can get them, but man, we know how valuable this guy is, 
And if let's say Allen Robinson goes and gets money somewhere else, not only do you have huge holes at wide receiver, because what, are you going to rely on Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller to be those guys? I'm not ready to do that yet. Offensive line, we just talked about it. There's three huge holes on the offensive line going to next season. Quarterback, yeah, there's a hole there. Running back, Tariq Cohen will be back, but that's the 32nd ranked rushing attack right now in the NFL. And tight end, Jimmy, I mean, look, Jimmy Graham has been nice in the red zone. Outside of that, not really. Cole Komet is nowhere to be seen. I don't put that really on him. You would just add another huge hole to an offense that has many, many to fill. And if you could find a way to, unfortunately, keep Allen Robinson here because I think he deserves far better than what he's gotten here in Chicago and in Jacksonville, you do it. You find a way to make that happen. But from what talks, well, really no talks have happened with that contract extension, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the option. But if I was GM, if I can find a way to keep one of my best available players, my best offensive player going into next season and beyond, I'm going to try to make that move happen. And if you're Ryan Pace, you, you, why would you want to lose one of your, your one of your hits on offense? Because of all the misses that you've had, it would be excruciating uh, to watch one of the right decisions that you made just walk out the door. And if he does stay and Ryan Pace is still here, maybe you trust Allen Robinson with some input on that next quarterback. <laughs> He's dealt with enough. I think he deserves to at least have, I mean, not, not complete say, probably not even a little bit of say, but input. Just hear him out. See where his head's at as well. Uh, Nick, for me, you mentioned all the holes on offense. I don't know how you'd fill it unless you find more capital, whether it's draft capital, whether it's clearing out some cap space. Uh, I don't know, you know, maybe a combination of the two. And what what gets real interesting is I don't have a specific player in mind, but you're going to have to make some tough decisions for cuts. I know I've heard names like Akeem Hicks, uh, Kyle Fuller. Uh, those would be tough blows. I would find a way to recoup as much cap as you can without totally imploding the defense. Uh, that would probably be tough to do, uh, unfortunately. Um, but that's where I, I would look to see how can I get more mid-round picks and how can I free up some cap space so I can invest in an offensive line, uh, invest in uh, – if you're going to invest in a quarterback this year, I would make it a draft pick and not uh, a free agent pickup. And then if Allen Robinson does go, then how do you fill that wide receiver one void? Because like we said, Darnell Mooney is not going to be a wide receiver one. He's a really good two, and I think that's where he's going to be best suited. You need a bigger body, pure X type of wide receiver. And obviously Riley Ridley would fit that mold here a little bit, but they don't even play him. And we don't even know what he has, and he's not going to be an Allen Robinson type of player. So yeah, Nick, there's a lot that I would consider, uh, but my first move would be giving myself the resources available or that I can make available in order to make some of these uh, decisions and start filling some of these holes uh, up front with the offensive line. I think that's first and foremost going to be uh, our biggest challenge. I think it's one that we've seen across the NFL. You can rebuild those quickly. It's just a matter of finding the right guys, and I don't even know if coaching may have to play into this again, um, but... You know, at one point, how much is it Harry Heastand? How much is it Juan Castillo? And how much is it just pure lack of talent? Uh, I think after a few different coaches that are playing with primarily the same players, you can tell it's probably a talent and a depth issue. So those definitely need to be uh, addressed. So that's where I kind of sit right now. 
Yeah, well, one thing that I've heard on, on sports radio pretty um, pretty frequently lately, especially given the Bears need would love to have more draft capital, does Cleo Mack enter the equation of do you trade him? And you know someone's going to want him. Like, if you said Cleo Mack's up for trade, what can we get? The, the Seahawks, what, they had to trade two first-rounders to get Jamal Adams. That's a safety. This is Cleo Mack we're talking about here. One of the number two, number one best defense player in football. If that guy, if someone says, hey, I'll give you two first-round draft picks, you see where I'm going to be drafting, um, probably one of, the, you know, one of those teams, um, do you do it? And I've like been thinking about that question. I don't know if I've actually come to a conclusion yet because you, we talked about the other guy on the other side, Robert Quinn. He doesn't do anything. Now you're really losing a bunch of guys that can actually get after the quarterback. And Keem Hicks is not getting any younger. Like, it's not going to make your defense better, but that's the best unit you have. Do you keep a guy like Cleo Mack? Do you recoup picks? It's a tough question. I, there's no, I don't think there's a right answer, but if the right offer is made where a team is just giving you two first-round draft picks, maybe even more, who knows? For a guy like Cleo Mack, it's definitely possible. It, it could be an option. I'll just say that. That's something you sleep on, and yet you definitely entertain it. I mean, the, if you can get two first rounds back, and you're back into rebuilding mode, and instead of a win now situation, what we felt like we've been in since 2018, and you're more like, hey, let's look at 2022 as our next run type of season. And it's, I mean, it's unfortunately interesting. Um, it's something I don't want. I have a Mac jersey hanging up on the wall behind me. That's the last thing I want to see him go. And great player, but if you could get a lot of that cap space freed up, some extra first-round picks coming our way, it could have a better long-term effect than what Khalil can do with a struggling offense as we kind of still rebuild. Uh, so that's interesting, Nick. Uh, like you, don't know what I would do. It really would depend on the offer and where we kind of stand and how everything else is shaken out. But it wouldn't be something where I would say you don't even entertain. You have to at least give it some thought there for sure. All right, uh, so from Frank, the question is coming up next. Uh, so Nagy says during this week, so this week was the bye week, he's going to try to fix the offense, and he was wondering, isn't this the definition of insanity? And at least according to Albert Einstein, yes, because his definition was that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, and we've heard this a few times this season. We heard it last season. I don't know how we can expect anything different by Nagy taking a look and attempts to fix this offense he's been self-scouting since as we mentioned last year and that hasn't led to anything good if, if anything we're getting worse so for me yes this is pretty insane and I would not look for any true improvement uh, here after the, the buy maybe a few tweaks that look maybe again maybe a, a little bit better uh, and again I'm going to talk about our opponents coming up here soon and that's not it's going to make things perhaps look better than they are if the Bears actually can't play a little bit better um, on offense. But, Nick, is, that, is this insane to think Nagy can fix the offense throughout the bye week? Oh, absolutely, Will. It's, like, it's completely insane because I'm going to give you some stats real quick about where the Bears are in terms – do you hear Brady in the background? Yeah, I, I hear the pooch. Of course. Uh, it's, that's probably a squirrel that's up in a tree that he cannot get, and he never will. But re regardless of the point, like <laughs> the Bears right now ranked in what Matt Nagy's trying to quote-unquote fix with his self-scouting, 31st in points per game at 19.1. Only the Jets are worse, 13.4. That's that's a crazy – that's even a big jump from 31st to 32nd, which is nuts. Um, yards per play, 4.67 for the Bears. Yards per rush, 
per game, 78.2 yards per pass, 5.54, 30th. I mean, all these statistical categories, you can't fix that in a bye week. And you can't you can't even fix that through, I would think, even a, a good portion of the season because you are that low, and we've seen what this offense can look like. We know exactly where it's at. So, yeah, that is the definition of insanity to think that he can – quote-unquote fix this or even make it a little bit better he doesn't have the personnel right now he doesn't have the coaching Uh, there's just not a confidence in this offense whatever they're doing to actually make anything better yeah um that's really about it i don't want to keep harping on it too much here uh next question comes from Southside chicago on youtube uh, and it goes here we find ourselves once again where need other things to happen along with winning games in order to make the playoffs what chances do you realistically think that we have after another week of self-scouting ourselves? And he did mention, you know, how excruciating that is to actually type yet again. And it's a very similar question that we had on Twitter from Bears Victory Flag on Twitter, uh, who wondered if perhaps this Bears defense alone could help carry this team uh, to the playoffs. So, Nick, uh, again, after starting 5-1, and one, I, can't, uh, I can believe uh, that we're already at this point uh, unfortunately, yet again, where like playoffs feel like some uh, obscure illusion that just kind of hangs in front of us. But uh, what are your thoughts on the Bears, I guess, just general playoff chances? I'm not confident with it, Will. Just given how this team has played and now this four-game losing streak. Specifically, look, it's it's all the offense right now, and that's that's where it should be, the blame and my lack of confidence in this team actually making the playoffs i know you have some some stats of just where other teams are at but just looking at guys or teams that are on the bubble it's really the nfc north right it's the bears at five and five the vikings are four and five and the lions at four and four they're looking to just get in to that seventh spot and when i look at those three teams well the bears are right now playing the worst out of those two mm-hmm. and we obviously they just lost to the the vikings the bears barely beat the the lions in week one but both those teams are playing better than the bears there's it i would say look defensively of course not they're not the bears are the better defense team out of both those teams but collectively they've at least won some games <laughs> the bears have not and they're trending downwards and there's no reason to believe that it, they can't be 32nd in a lot of those statistical categories that i ranked um earlier so right now i don't have confidence and like you said earlier in the show well if let's say they do squeak in there's no expectations for them it's like yeah i might be excited it's like a playoff game right if they do get in but hey we know right after once we get to the post game show we'll be talking about a loss like it that's this bears team right now they're not giving anybody confidence that even if they didn't make the playoffs they do anything with it if they had an average offense, Nick, I would have uh, just average. I would be let's go get it. Like this defense can carry the water so far, and the offense can help a little bit along the way. But as of right now, it's the defense has to carry 100% of the load, and that's just not sustainable uh, as we've seen this season. And when you talked about it, the you're looking at the Vikings, looking at the Lions, and we have to play them uh, each one more time, which will have a big impact on how this can sway. But even the teams in front of us, you're looking at almost the NFC West, right? Uh, at them and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but you have the Bucks, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals. All three of those teams, I think, are going to play well down the stretch, and they're not going to give up a lot of ground here for the Bears to even find their way back into real contention. And we talked about it uh, in terms of the are beatable teams. Uh, Detroit's beatable. Houston's beatable. 
Jacksonville's beatable. I think the Bears shown last week they can beat the Vikings if they played better on offense, but that's still the big if that we hear and see each and every week. But this is what I've been waiting for. And again, it's nothing crazy, but just trying to put things into perspective as we go through these final weeks. If the Bears somehow score points down the stretch, please understand they're going up against some bad defenses in that regard. Every team ranks 15th or worse in points allowed on defense, with Green Bay being that 15th. They allow 25 points per game. That's 15th. Minnesota, they allow the 23rd most at 27.4. And as we know, that didn't translate well for the Bears' offense. Houston, they're 26th. They allow 28 points per game. Detroit, 29th. They allow about 30 points per game, 29.7. And then Jacksonville ranks 31st, allowing 30.1 points per game. And so if the Bears score 25 or so points per game down the stretch, just know that's still worse than the average of all these teams. And, Nick, I bet you we're still going to see games where they score below 20, which I think would really put the Bears' offensive struggles into so much perspective, uh, as much as I think it already is. Um, but if they finish putrid on top of the poor defenses they're going up against, it's just going to really show how far off they are from even being an adequate offense in this league. No, I completely agree with you, Will. I, look, I think the Falcons, like going into that game, they were one of the worst offenses in terms of you know allowing points. And what it took a whole, it took the fourth quarter for them to actually start scoring and a quarterback change to even get anything going offensively. So. Yes, they, those defenses are not very good, but that does not mean the Bears' offense is going to take advantage of any of them. And when I look at these uh, these wildcard teams and seeing where the Buccaneers at 7-3, Rams at 6-3, and three, Cardinals 6-4, and four, like where you probably would have to end up in the win column, most likely 10 wins, 9-10. Like you have to at least get up to there. It's going to be a stretch for this team to get to 8-8. Eight and eight. Mm-hmm. Like I truly believe that. You give you say nine wins, ten? Oh hell no! Like come on, let's be realistic with how this offense is playing. So that's just my view on it. Um, and I know like in the chat we have like I don't even want the Bears to make the playoffs. I want Matt Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace gone. I feel you. I know I get that. We have this frustration. It's definitely here too. But realistically, I don't see it happening. Will the Bears are not going to make the playoffs this year? I don't see it happening either. It's this what's in front of us, both from a schedule perspective from the other opponents or the other teams in the playoff picture and where they stand looking at their schedules and honestly probably the biggest opponent of them all ourselves like the bears are going to find a way to beat themselves uh more times than not here so yeah nick it's i don't see it happening uh, i would be surprised surprise maybe strong word i would be slightly surprised i, I couldn't think of a lesser word for surprise <laughs> slightly surprised if they finished with a an even eight and eight seven and nine six and ten uh, seems to be the route here, and I, I hate it because I don't ever say tank, and I don't ever want to play for draft position. But I would rather have a higher draft pick if we're gonna have the season be a, a loss anyway. Help us out, giving us some interesting options here in the in the first round. But and it's been a while since we had a first round pick, so I'm, I'm kind of excited about that too. <laughs> Very true. All right, so Nick, we have a few final questions left, uh, but before we get to those, I do believe it's time that we uh, give out some shout-outs that we need to hand out from listeners who generously donated over uh, the past week to the show, and uh, someone heard my call for a PayPal one, which is exciting, so I do have a shout-out on my end as well. Nice, and for for this uh, shout-out, it comes from Joey Plotkin from from Venmo, and he liked uh, the whole Taco Bell thing, 
Uh, unfortunately for you, Will, you had to edit all me crunching on that taco out in the postgame show. But he said, uh, he quoted what I said, I'm eating Taco Bell, I don't even like Taco Bell. And he said, my feelings exactly during that game, thanks for a much needed laugh tonight. Hey, at least um, we could provide that And what was a terrible game for the Bears offensively. So, Joey, thank you so much for, you know, finding um, some, some, some obviously comedy in, in what happened. But I was eating my sorrows away with that Bears offense. And I'm sorry, Will, that you had to edit all that out. But I'll hand it over to you for your shout out. We hope I edited it all out. I thought I found all the crunching, <laughs> munching noises in the back end of the podcast to kind of brush over. But who knows? Maybe some did end up making uh, the final cut on the actual podcast. Uh, I think the live stream was kind of hit or miss. But uh, that's okay. That's a, a little bit different. Uh, for me on PayPal, we have yet another donation from Elizabeth from Lafayette, Indiana. Again, right there in my backyard here in the Hoosier State. I think it's like her third or fourth donation since we started doing this. So I think Elizabeth Nick should now be known as Queen Elizabeth here, helping us out with all these donations that she's provided us. And I uh, just want to say thank you so much for a the donation uh, yet again, uh, Queen Elizabeth. And secondly, uh, for giving me uh, a shout out to give out here on this episode. Super appreciated. I just want to say thank you so much for all your support that you've given Nick and I over the last few months uh, with your donations. And I'm sure and I'm hopeful uh, longer than that, actually listening uh, to our podcast. But Nick, we are doing this mailbag episode on a, a Sunday, uh, which means we can do more shout outs this week on the preview show if we get them. Uh, do you want to let people know how they can support our show uh, with a donation? That way they can get a shout-out here later on in the week. Yeah, absolutely, Will. So you can send a donation through Venmo or PayPal. And on Venmo, our handle is at the Chicago Audible. Again, you should see my name and the Chicago Audible logo. Or if you want to give Will to a shout-out for on the next um, podcast here, you can visit PayPal at www.chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. One more time on Venmo at the Chicago Audible and PayPal, www.chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. And again, every donation that goes to us, again, goes into this show, whether it's equipment, software, whatever it may be, we try to use those donations to help bring the best product for you guys. And you know, like Will and I always talk about, this is this makes our week, whether it's talking to have a mailbag episode preview, Post game, regardless of the result, we love talking Bears football, and it's because of you guys and your generous donations that we can make this happen. Absolutely. On that token, have you got all the wrinkles out of your green screen yet? I did. I, I put it in the dryer. It's folded up. Um, I have the stand. Uh, you can't see it on screen here, but everything's good to go, Will. So whenever we want to try to do that, maybe over the next week when we have a little bit more free time, um, Let's do it because I'm excited about that. That's neat. Yeah, we'll have to give this uh, an, an opportunity. Uh, give it a go. Why not? Now at the end, from now to the end of the year, it should just be full experimental mode for the Chicago Audible with our live stream. Just to see what kind of sticks as we get through the off season next year, uh, etc. But let's get in. We have a few more questions. These could be a little bit more rapid style. These could be conversational. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. We're gonna go on the cuff here. Whatever feels right, Nick. Uh, so looking at our next question on my list, it's from Jason Todd is Batman here on YouTube. Uh, this one I think is going to be rapid fire. Do you think the bears can still make a super bowl run? Absolutely not. Sorry. <laughs> Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo smart base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. 
For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Yeah, I didn't have anything more to add than another no. Uh, so, uh, sorry, Jason. Uh, go save the night uh, as Batman, and uh, we'll try again next season. Uh, from Jose Martinez here on YouTube, is Trubisky done in Chicago? I don't know how to take that question because I feel like there's a chance we see him this season still. Um, but is he done after the fact or just done in general? Uh, this one probably is quicker as well, but is he done? Yeah, so I think after this season, yes. I think the Mitch Trubisky era will be over with, and it's it's sad to say that, but that's the you know the reality of the situation. But he could be starting next Sunday night against the Green Bay Packers. Let's be completely honest. We don't know where Nick Foles really is at with that hip pointer injury, and I wonder at this point if the Bears are seeing like, hey, if we can bring back Nick Foles next season, let's actually have him healthy. Let's see what Mitch Trubisky can do. Uh, it would take a lot, I think, for Matt Nagy to go back to him if Nick Foles is healthy. Like, hey, we're going to backtrack mm-hmm. and go to Mitch Trubisky. That would take a lot for him to do that as well. But he, we could see Mitch Trubisky again for sure this season. That's exactly what we were talking about before they even made the switch, like preseason, like when they announced Mitch the starter. And we we said, like, if you, it's easier to go from Mitch to Nick Foles. And then if he had to switch back, like that's a huge omission of fault. Um, and also just saying it, it maybe at – even a worse admission, it doesn't matter who's under center for you uh, right now, and you can just go back and forth. Um, I do think, you know, after this season, depending how much he gets to play, because, you know, we don't know how much or how healthy Foles is going to be, which, by the way, I think we're both at least elated a little bit that it wasn't as serious as it looked after our during our last postgame show. Uh, I think we should mention that. Uh, but secondly, we don't know – where Mitch's shoulder is too right now, which is another big mysterious item uh, for us. We don't know where he's at in his rehab or his overall health of that right throwing shoulder uh, for Mitch too. So that also kind of plays into the equation here of next week. And this does lead into the next question here. Uh, This one comes from Tony on Facebook. And he wants to know what we really think. Did Mitch get a raw deal because of Nagy's play calling? I think Mitch, unfortunately for him, got a few raw deals. And we've talked about him on the show uh, a few times throughout the years. But whether it be the coddling from you know the first year under uh, Fox, whether it would be uh, just not having – well, that season didn't have any receivers to even work from. But then you know, kind of sheltering him a bit early on in his career, I think, kind of stunted his growth. And then going from a super simplistic offense where there are games where he was throwing like 12 times off of play action – and moving out of the pocket to Nagy's offense, which is a whole different animal. Uh, I think there were a few things that you know Mitch got that was, I'm not going to say unfair because everyone has to deal with their own set of circumstances, but it didn't make things easier for Mitch. No, yeah, I agree with that. Well, it was, you know, it was unfair that he was the number two overall pick when he really shouldn't have been. Like, that's <laughs> that's not anything that Mitch Trubisky can control. I'm being completely honest. And then ex- having all these expectations and, you know, going in when he was supposed to, I think, realistically sit for an entire season like Patrick Mahomes. So it goes even before Matt Nagy where these things, I think, were put on Mitch Trubisky. That whole, like, he's a number two overall pick. He has to be the best. Well, he shouldn't have been that guy regardless. And hindsight, right? We can we can say this with hindsight, but it's that's that's what the reality of the situation is. And, yeah, I completely agree that Matt Nagy's play calling 
it, you know, hasn't helped him. Uh, maybe 2019 it was better, but this season it didn't. And we see that this offense is far more than the quarterback. So you put it seemed like he was a scapegoat. Like once they benched him, it's like, all right, that's the reason why. But we see this offense is still bad regardless of who the quarterback is. And I think Mitch is going to take a lot of blame for the faults of this Bears team in 2019-2020. But really, it's, it's, it's even bigger than that. But he is a part of the problem. So I agree and kind of disagree with the question because there are things that he didn't ask for. And unfortunate for Mitch Trubisky, he became the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. And that's all we can say. Yeah, I, I do think, I think lucky for him and his NFL trajectory as he does move into the next chapter of it, at least the Bears' offense almost got worse uh, with him off the field, and I think that's going to help him as he looks into his next venture. Uh, you know, I don't, and also I think our perspective of his time here, he wasn't the only problem. Now he had his own fair share of issues, um, but by and large, I think we can all see and all can understand that it wasn't like we were a quarterback away. We were a quarterback, an offensive line, a play caller. Uh, uh, what else? A tight end, and uh, you know, ten other things away from actually making a serious run here in 2020. Uh, a couple more questions. Next one comes from. Uh, I apologize if I mispronounced this one. Uh, Adonis Jai Supreme on YouTube. Uh, he wants to know: Do we believe the Bears will draft a quarterback in 2021? Uh, I know we talked about him a couple of targets earlier on in the episode, but we never said that they will, in fact, draft a quarterback here. So do you think they will, at one point or the other, draft a quarterback this season? Again, it's something that we've heard from, this could be Ryan Pace or not Ryan Pace, but you want to draft one every year, and we've only drafted one, and that's Mitch. Yeah, it's a good question. I do believe they will draft one, but just referencing Kevin Fishbane's article, like you said, Mitch Trubisky was the the last one that they drafted in 2017. David Fails before that, 2014. Nathan Enderley, 2011. And it goes Dan LaFever, like Kyle Lord and Craig Krenzel, like years, years ago. So this whole entire um, philosophy for Ryan Pace, drafting quarterback every year, obviously hasn't played out. But I think this could be the year, if he's still here, that he would draft a quarterback in 2021. And if he's not still here, the new GM has all the rights to go ahead and pull the trigger uh, on one as well you know you got me real upset by you know throwing in the fails and the enderlies and, and now I feel like I need to go take a nap uh, after this show and not even watch <laughs> football here this afternoon uh, last question Nick it comes from a really good friend uh, John Otten uh, went to with uh, he came with us to the Kansas City game um, a year ago almost uh, about 11 months ago uh, he asked for our top five reasons for Chicago Bears hope uh, I bartered him down to one uh, which I thought was good on my end so do you have a reason Bears hope I don't know if that I don't know if that necessarily means this year but I guess looking out just towards the future it's to me the easiest Bears hope for Roquan Smith uh, a lot of you know young talent uh, of course I had him mocked to the Bears and he's here which is exciting I think Jalen Johnson is another I think the core of the defense if they can keep it intact is the biggest reason for hope um, but again it's how quickly can they not squander it because we all know in the NFL a really strong core of players they don't always last long, and they can degress, they can regress, they could end up getting let go for cap reasons. I mean, Roquan's going to be up for a contract in a couple years. Who knows what kind of money he's going to ask for. So, it, yeah, I think those are the reasons for hope, but also the reasons to uh, kind of sweat a little bit because, you know, like, the window is limited. Yeah, absolutely. I think, John, this is going to sound 
awful. But the hope for this Bears team to actually get somewhere in in a positive direction is if they keep playing as poorly as they do. And we can get to a national audience, you can get whooped by the Green Bay Packers, right? Everyone will see how bad this offense is, that it's not just Mitch Trubisky like we were just talking about. And you know what that will hopefully bring from above Ryan Pace, maybe from the McCaskies, like change, a firing of people that are not helping this team any longer, and you get a new direction. Because right now, under this direction of Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, it's not working. Like, um, it's not. And that's where hope can come, is that if we continue to see this 31st-ranked offense play out, you hopefully will see change and firings happen and things actually progressively moving to a new direction. And if that's the case, again, we can only hope that it turns out the right way for the Bears. We thought that would be the case with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Look where we're at now talking about where hope can possibly come and another firing and someone else taking the jobs as GM and head coach. It's it's terrible, depressing, dark, but that's the reality of the situation. So that's where hope can come, and I will add Jalen Johnson in there. I love how he's playing. So kudos to you again, Will, for having him mocked to the Bears. You know, I have two studs on this Bears defense I've mocked, and I'm telling you, if they want someone to just find first-round draft picks for defense, give me a call. Uh, or maybe they just listen to the show and that's good enough, but I would like to get paid for this advice. And we'll be uh, then who knows what we can do uh, with our podcast. But, Nick, you talked about you know new, fresh changes, and I think a lot of people want it. For GM, do you have anyone out there that you like? I, the one I always hear about is, you know, Lewis Riddick. I know he's you know, always big on the Bears, and, I mean, he's a, he's a really smart guy, and I think he would be an, a great personality to have, and it would be intriguing uh, to watch him build a team, but is that realistic? Um, I mean, he's always been someone that's been plagued or pegged to be a guy that would go back in an NFL, you know, organization. And, you know, Lewis Riddick is, I think, very highly respected um, within not just media, but it just in the NFL world in general. So I wouldn't say it's out of the question. I don't have any names, though, for you, Will. Um, and I know I've been talking about, like, them making change, and I, I can't give you a name to that as of right now, but... It just seems like we've seen, what, one winning season in the six year, five years of Ryan Pace has been here. It, it's like we need to see something. And you put, like, the defenses here, obviously, and that's, you know, you got to give some credit to Ryan Pace for putting some of those pieces together. But it, it hasn't all come to to be the, the sunshine of rainbows story that we were all hoping it would be, not even close. One winning season and losing in the wild card round is not going to make up for everything that's happened here in Chicago. But, yeah, no names, but we'll have to wait and see. Once once we get later in the season, I think names will start to appear for sure. It's just very unfortunate for Pace uh, because I thought he did a really good job in his first few years here because he, he, in, you know, he inherited a very old team uh, that had a lot of old players, and he needed to figure out how to slowly phase them out, bring in a fusion of young talent, supplement it with free agency talent and I thought he did a really really good job of doing that for this Bears defense and to some degree even that 2018 offense I thought it came together very very strongly unfortunately the plan didn't totally work out and then again in the NFL you only have a limited window like you have a plan it goes to action it works or it doesn't and then you kind of scramble like well now what do I do and I think we're at that mode which is why someone maybe with a fresh perspective can help do what Pace did 
but also like switch it to the offense. We're like, oh, I have a really good defense. They're still kind of young. How can we keep that remotely intact without it dropping out of the top 10 in terms of caliber and then quickly retool this offense to make it one that is, again, the word I'm hoping for is at least adequate, uh, ideally good, or at least above average would be awesome uh, to have here sooner rather than later. Nick, that's all I have on our list of questions, unless you have anything more that you want to discuss based off of everything that we've already talked about. No, I just I really appreciate the questions because it got me thinking forward to 2021, which is sad to say there's still six games left in the 2020 NFL season. But uh, again, I've gotten a, a bit of a start on what could be the homework for a while now for, for next season. So I really appreciate the questions from all of our great fans from everywhere, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere you can send a question. You guys did that for this episode, and I really appreciate that. Absolutely. It was kind of cool to see the flood kind of come in and you know pick and choose to kind of come out with this uh this episode here and of course if your question did not make the show just know we'd still really do appreciate uh, the time that you took to ask it and we do encourage you to ask more questions again the next time that we do a mailbag uh, who knows if the season ends up being you know putrid and we don't want to only discuss the game in front of us and we want to kind of look more big picture uh, we can add some segments like this inside of our typical weekly shows so definitely keep a lookout for that and if you haven't yet help us out by leaving a review of our show on apple Podcasts. Uh, those mean a ton to both nick and myself and it does help our show reach more bears fans just like you but we'll be back in a few days to get well back into our routine of our game week grind for the upcoming as nick mentioned national spotlight sunday night football matchup against the green bay packers but until next time bear down chicago Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.